0: Hey, welcome to the Michigan Maniac Podcast. I am your host, Adam Brewer. Before we get into this bonus episode where I answer everybody's questions, uh, let's go ahead and do the housekeeping portion of this. Go to the YouTube, the Michigan Maniac Podcast YouTube channel. Subscribe and enjoy because I'm going to be making some videos. I'm also going to be putting up all reaction episodes from here on out. Also, go to the social network portion of this so go to the facebook fan page and also the instagram the michigan maniac podcast go ahead like and subscribe there and uh whatever platform you are listening to if it especially if it is apple Podcasts or itunes or whatever it is if you leave you'll leave a review rate it whatever let me know Send it to me on my DM. Let me know your name, your address, and what platform you did it on, and I will send you a fantastic Michigan Maniac podcast sticker. They're pretty high quality. Everybody seems to love them, so let's get that let's get that big fat face of mine out there, huh? Uh, so let's get into it. This is the questions portion. I have a few voicemails that have been sent to me, but I want to say that just for the uh, just for a specific uh, voicemail. Uh, Episode that I have coming up, I have just want a few more before I put it out there. But I have been, I've just received a lot of great, great questions over Instagram. So, guys, if you want to, just go to the Instagram page, DM me with some of your questions, and I am more than willing to keep doing this. I know it's the mailbag, or every other show's got one, but I actually like these questions, so I I look forward to answering these today. Uh, so, to the guys out there that sent. Questions and voicemails like the Brad's out there, the Drew's, the uh, King of College Football, Instagram, check out his his, uh, his page, fantastic. Always got great questions, always got interesting points, and the lines and all sorts of shit, love it. So, let's get into this. So, uh, the number one question right now is, uh, let's see here. Now, the Big Ten title is essentially out of reach. What should Michigan's main focus or goal be for the rest of the year? Now, I don't know necessarily if the Big Ten title is out of reach. I'll be quite honest. I mean, because you hear, even when we lost that first game, right, all these other pundits or national blah, whatever, would say, well, you know, Penn State's lost they started off two and two and they still made it to the big Ten title game and they still made it to the Rose Bowl and then now that we finally lose our second game, everybody's backing off like it's impossible for us to get to the big Ten title now listen it's not going to be easy right but let's face it man Ohio State hasn't played anybody yet they played one good team that has a pretty good winning record and that's Cincinnati Cincinnati. They haven't played a ranked team yet. Wisconsin is coming up. Now, let's say Wisconsin beats Ohio State. That's all we need, right? And then Penn State still has to play Michigan State, Minnesota, and Ohio State. You're telling me they're going to go undefeated? I'll tell you something. I don't think anybody thought in 2016 when Penn State had two losses and we were killing everybody, especially them at home, no one thought that Penn State that Penn State would sneak in to the to the especially to the Rose Bowl or the Big 10 title game. We're in the same we're in the same position right now. So I don't think it's out of reach by any stretch of the imagination. Cuz are you going to tell me that Penn State it, with what we saw in this last game that they can go into Columbus and beat Ohio State? Don't think so. You know, and we'll, it'll be a great matchup to see what they can do against Minnesota see if, you know, P.J. Fleck, uh, you know, Tony Robbins' uh, penis can actually get things done. I doubt it, but we'll see. We just don't know yet. But let's say we lose. Um, I don't even know. Even if we lose to Notre Dame, we're not out of it. So I think our main focus should just still to win out if they if this second team second half team plays and shows up against Notre Dame we can win the rest of our game so that should be our main focus right now because you never know what's going to happen in college football this is the 150th year the 150th season of college football there's going to be some wild shit going to happen why couldn't it be us right why couldn't we get in there so let's focus on that um number 2 what if any changes do you think should be made to the game plan system moving forward uh nothing i don't think anything should be done yet because as we saw in the second half we're finally hitting <laughs> as laughable as it was right and i had, i know i said this in the last podcast but as laughable as it was that we all thought harbaugh was going crazy that the offense was finally starting to hit their stride it looks like they're finally hitting their stride. So I don't think there's anything we need to worry about right now. I think we need to just continue hitting our stride, you know, really getting into it, figuring out what, you know, what we need to do to make it better, more fluent. So this way we can use all four quarters of it instead of just two, right? Um, now, the third one. Actually, I'm going to go to another question real quick. Um, let's see here. Question for you. I think we'd we'd all like to hear your thoughts. A lot of people have been talking about the possibilities that juniors and seniors might get Rashawn Gary syndrome down the stretch. And check out who on the roster do you need to watch out for. Um, I would be honest with you if if they're going to get the uh, the peppers Gary syndrome. Um, I would seriously watch out for Nico Collins. I would assume that kid's probably going to check out real soon. Uh, if we don't start using him more often, uh, I would also think. Jeez, um, I guess you really don't know, right? Like. I would have never guessed that Rashawn Gary was going to sit out. I would have never guessed that Devin Bush was going to sit out. I would have never guessed that Peppers was going to sit out. None of these. I would have never guessed. But I guess it all depends on the bowl game, you know, and maybe Uche. Uh, I think any of the guys who really believe they can be first-round draft picks, right? So you could see at Nico Collins, um, not really based off any numbers yet. But Nico Collins, uh, an Uche could be a low second rounder, probably if he continues to play well. Uh, Bredesen, you never know what Bredesen's going to do because he he can definitely be a first round offensive lineman. Um, let's see here. I I would say those guys at that point in time maybe uh, Josh Metellus. I. I don't know though, but I mean if we're in the Rose Bowl, I don't think any of them. I don't think any of them get the the Garys, you know what I mean? I don't think so at all. I think they're all ready to go, but if we're in the freaking, you know, Outback Bowl or the Pinstripe Bowl or, you know, the Armed Forces Bowl or whatever it is, I can see five or six of them doing it like last year. I mean, it all depends on how important the bowl game is and where we're at. Um, That's a great question. Thank you, Drew. Um, Let's get back to the third one. Who is the most surprising and then who's the most disappointing player so far? Uh, The King of College Football believes, to him, the disappointment so far has been the O-line. Yeah, I guess the O-line's been kind of disappointing, but I'll be honest, it's all been right now up until take out the second half of the Penn State game, right? I would say that uh, everything's been a chain reaction due to the poor play of the quarterback. And I'm so happy Shea finally showed up. He really looked great in that second half. Fantastic. He, he, he was a, he was a stud in that game. So, but. As you can see, it's a very, very makes everything clear, doesn't it? When Shea Patterson plays well, or when you have a quarterback who is playing and using the system correctly, playing and making the right reads, making plays, doing everything he's supposed to do as the quarterback of that system, look how well it runs, right? The offense, the offensive line starts making holes, the running back starts running more efficiently the wide receivers are well hopefully catching balls I mean seven drops in that game kind of killed us I uh, it could have just been rust from under use all season but still um it's amazing how things work when you have a quarterback that makes it all go right as much as as much as we want to say this is a whole team sport right the offensive line is very important because it protects all your skilled players. So your skilled players can do their skilled things. Right. But why do you think the NFL pays, uh, quarterbacks now close to $40 million a year? Right. I mean, it's not because they're not important. So that's, I mean, now that Shea's going to be better, hopefully actually, you know what? Let me get to the, the, the actual question. The most surprising to me would be Ronnie Bell. Uh, I was hard on my, hard on him at the beginning of the year only because I really wanted Nico Collins to have a fantastic year this year. I am a huge Nico Collins fan, so I probably, out of my own selfish uh, foolishness, I would say that uh, I was picking on Ronnie Bell a little just because at the beginning of the year. After what he did in this Penn State game, I that kid is gold to me. I mean, first of all, I... I that pain is so real, and I wish him the greatest year for the rest of this year. So I would say the most surprising right now would be Ronnie Bell offensively. And then um, defensively, for me, Cam McGrone. I mean, you always heard about, oh, Cam McGrone, he's so fast, he can do this, he can do that, blah, blah, blah. And, you know, it all just becomes white noise because after a while, it's all, it just all sounds like coach speak. It all just sounds like spring, spring, uh, spring training or spring practice baloney, you know? And then when I saw him shoot out of nowhere and fill the gap and hit the Wisconsin quarterback right in the mouth on that goal line and knock him back a yard or two, I was like, who the fuck is that? And ever since then, he's been nothing but just dominating. So I'm hugely – the most surprising for me, Cam McGrone defensively, offensively, Ronnie Bell just getting it done. Um, Most disappointing, I mean, we don't have to go anywhere else, but Shea Patterson up until the second half, right? So everything up to this point, I'm not going to count the second half of that Penn State game. But, yeah, Shea Patterson up to that point has been the most disappointing offensively. Um. Defensively, pff, I don't know Donovan Jeter maybe, just because he, he was supposed to be stepping up and doing things and he hasn't really done anything. I would have to say defensively. I mean, everyone else, our defense, I can't find much fault in it. Yeah, they kind of lapse every once in a while, but when you continue to put them in bad situations, they're going to fuck up. I mean, they're they're just they're just human at that point, you know. Um. Let's see. Next question. Do you think we have a ah tripping over my own tongue here? Do you think we have a realistic shot at beating OSU this year or Ohio? Yeah. I, I, if the second half team that we watched dominate offensively and defensively dominate Penn State, then yes, we absolutely have a chance against Ohio because it's in the big house where we are a much more dominant team. Uh, it looks as if right now Don Brown has figured out how to stop the crossing routes. Uh, I don't think that he'll allow deep plays like that again to happen. Um, you'll probably see Daxton Hill in there more often against the speedsters like Olave or that cage was it KJ Hill or whatever that kid's name is. You're gonna see. We're gonna just put our fastest guys out there, and I and I've been saying this all all season long, all season long. I've said that our defensive backfield is already faster than last season's. The we the only real slow person we have on this team, and I wouldn't even say he's slow. He, he might not be the most athletic, but he's definitely the hardest worker. Probably is Jordan Glasgow. Outside of that, I mean Hawkins is good. Metellus is fast. I mean, you know, they're not speedsters. They're fucking safeties, but they're faster than Kennel. I mean, Brad Hawkins is faster than Kennel. You're going to put Daxon Hill in on the third guy, so Olave. And then you just now have to worry about that. I don't know. Brendan Grit. I don't know. I don't, I don't know their names. I can't stand Ohio State. So it's hard for me to even learn their freaking names to their team, to the teammates on that fucking squad. Anyways. Uh, yeah, with our the speed of our defensive backfield and with the offense finally waking up, we can take advantage of that defense. I mean, let's realistically look what Michigan State did, and all they had is one wide receiver who kept dropping the ball. Like, what they did in the first and third quarter to Ohio State was fairly impressive. And actually, they were in the second quarter until one big play broke open everything and then they just fell apart. But if you have more than one athlete on that team, you can hang with Ohio State. We're really going to see what Ohio State's made out of this week against Wisconsin. Um but yeah, I absolutely think we have a chance. Um Is Don Brown's defense a true failure in big games or is it a matter of execution? Um whew, That's a good one. I uh, I don't know if it's a, I don't know if it's a failure. I mean, He's fucking super aggressive, you know, and when you're super aggressive, you have to hope and this is it's hard to it's hard to make this sound original because you've heard it in every other podcast. But it's true if your defensive line or you do not get pressure on the quarterback, then your your cornerbacks can only guard so much before they before the wide receivers get open. Right, so boom. That's just how it is. I think we we're going to look better this year because our defensive backs are faster. So therefore, the the defensive line when they finally get moving and everything's gelling, they're going to have a little bit uh, longer to get you know to get there because as you were noticing in that Penn State game and in some of the other games, they're just one beat behind. You know, I mean, boom. Or in the case of the Iowa game they're right on beat and they're just nailing the fucking quarterback so it all just depends like i'm hoping um we got the monkey off our back for the you know for the away games and now we're going to kick some ass but i mean let's face it we only have one should do we even have a a big away we don't really have a big away game anymore this this season all our all our rivals are coming to the big house so, we play better at home. So no, I don't think, I don't, I don't think he's a failure. I just think it's his. It's all or nothing with that. You know, you're constantly trying to roll hard fours. You know what I mean? So when you roll hard fours, you get you get huge payouts. You don't. You lose all your money. That's just kind of the way he plays football. You know, that's how he coaches it. Um, let's see, number six. Ah. Uh, who would you give the team MVP to at this point of the season? How about most improved from last year or week one? Um, well, I mean, most improved—boy, that's a that's a that's a doozy of a question. Um, you know what? I'll be honest. Right now, if you want to go most improved, I would probably say Shea Patterson. I would say let's let's see him do it against Notre Dame. And if he shows up, if he's second half Penn State Shea Patterson, then I'd say he's probably the most improved, right, on the offensive side because he looked like straight-out garbage in the first, what, six games of the season. So, yeah, if he can pull off this the rest of this year showing up, then I'm going to say Shea Patterson. But up to this point, once again, Ronnie Bell, I mean, he looks great. He looks great. He just – I, because, I mean, think – well, Jalen Mayfield is another one you can throw out there for most improved. I mean, uh, getting his first start, uh, the the injury to Stuber really helped this kid out, get onto the field. I mean, that's sad to say, but, you know. Um, everywhere else, I mean, on the defense you could say Aiden Hutchinson. Just from last season to this season, he's even more athletic and even more dominating than he was before. Uh, he's really just growing into an absolute stud. um Brad Hawkins on the defense as well. You could do it. Uh, if, at this point, uh, it's mid-season. You know, I mean, it's hard to say, right? But I would say those guys are great candidates. I mean, I'll answer that with a definitive answer at the end of the season. So I'm going to keep that to to answer it once again at the end of the season. But right now, I would say those guys. Uh, have the strongest case, you know. So uh, that's why that's how I'm going to answer that one. I mean, that one needs to be answered more towards the end. Um, seven, I mean, this is kind of interesting that this was written a couple days ago and now we're dealing with kind of the rumor mill now. Harbaugh, do we still have the pitchforks out? And, I mean, it's kind of going around right now. Is Harbaugh going to leave this season, at the end of this season, and go to Washington, you know, and coach the Redskins? Well, I mean, if he does, he does. I mean, we can't really control any of that, right? And the pitchforks—I don't know. I mean, he's great. Uh, he's great at home, awful on the road. But let's face it: all the teams that we've lost, the top ten teams, we've lost to at home. They haven't lost those in those seasons when we've played them at home. None of them have lost at at home in at all the at, in those specific seasons when we played them. So Ohio State. Uh, Penn State, um, Michigan State. No, we're two. No, because we beat them both times at Michigan State. Um, You know what I mean? Like, Iowa didn't lose that year, 2016, at home. Uh, Ohio State didn't lose at home that year. Penn State didn't lose in 2017 at home. So, I mean, a lot of these big games, Notre Dame didn't lose in 2017 or 2018. At home, so a lot of these teams that were in the top ten. I mean, there's some like forty and zero, so that's a little underreported, right? I I don't know if Harbaugh wins all three of the uh, the uh, rivalry games this year. Do we? Would the? Would we want him to leave? No, of course not. I mean, he would have beaten Notre Dame, Michigan State, and fucking Ohio State. And which would get us into the top 10, more likely get us really close to a Big Ten title game, and then who knows from there. So, no, I, I don't think the pitchforks are out yet. Um, but lose those three? like Yeah, he might as well just go to Washington if that's going to be the case. We lose those three, and I don't think we're going to. Like I said last week, I don't think we're going to lose another game this season. But, For the sake of this question, let's say he loses all three of those. Or let's say we only beat Michigan State, the two, like we only win one out of those three. Uh, It wouldn't shock me if he goes and if we want him to get out of here, right? Um, I would just cross my fingers and hope that we can get less Miles here and right the wrong that was done to us in, uh, what, 2000 or whatever when Lloyd Carr left. This, Because who knows where we'd be right now if Les, if Les Miles came after Lloyd Carr. Oh, my God. We'd be looking good, I think. Anyways, on to the next question. Uh, how would you personally describe the offense and its identity? Seems like it's run first to set up the play-action-pass type game. Uh, yeah, I think it, it it looks like that, but I mean when we really started moving the ball against Penn State, it was more pass and set up the run. So we we definitely used a Penn State's aggression against them with all the with all the rushing and with all the blitzing they were doing uh with those wide receiver uh speed, you know, like speed outs or whatever uh I can't even think of the stupid name right now. But anyways, we used the pass to set up the run. And now that we're using it more of not right up the gut type running and we're hitting the corners with the tight we're pulling and we're we're getting the the running backs out on the edge. I think that's really improved everything. I think it's uh I would say our our identity now because I I want to believe and I'm going to make the good faith uh effort to say that this is who we are now. Um, it's the run. It's the pass to set up the run, and it, you know, and that's where we're going to go from there, and that's our identity. And I, I, think we have a good idea of what it is. It's, you know, hey, it's speed and space. We finally got to see what the fuck it looked like. Um, how do you think? Ooh, now this one, this is a big one because it says, how do you think the team is going to look next year with the losses and all the new recruits? <laughs> it's going to be a completely different fucking team. I mean, just look at the seniors that are leaving, okay? We've got, obviously, Shea Patterson's gone, Carlo Kemp, Mike Dana, Josh Uche, True Wilson, Josh Metellus, Lavert Hill, Michael Duumfor, uh Michael Nguyen-Yu, uh Bredesen, John Runyon, Nick Eubanks, Sean McEwen. I mean, Look at all the talent just right there, all seniors gone. And then who knows with the juniors you got Ambry Thomas, if he has if he continues to have a good good season, does he go early? Um Nico Collins, does he get fed up and want to go early? Even though I don't think he's put enough out there. Maybe if he studs it up for the next five, six whatever five games we have left, maybe. You know, especially if he has three huge games against Notre Dame, Michigan State, and Ohio State, maybe he goes early. Then you're looking at Tari- Tariq Black shouldn't go anywhere. That kid should come right back here because he has done nothing. Um, injuries, and this season has been kind of disappointing. Um, Khalil Hudson, does he leave? He's a junior. You've got DPJ, does he leave? Uh, you got Josh Ross as a junior, Quitty Pay, Brad Hawkins, and Cesar Ruiz, which is probably going to leave. So you're going to be looking at a whole new offensive line with the likes of Stuber, probably, Jalen Mayfield, or you got Jalen Mayfield and Ryan Hayes. Um, you're definitely going to have to put in some of the newer kids in there. You're going to be looking at Chris Hidden and Mozzie Smith being in there um, on the defensive side. Chuck Villiaga finally going to get some play probably. Um Then, then you got the amazing freaking quarterback battle that's going to go on next season between Run DMC and, uh, and Milton. And I mean, that's, I mean, it's not a lock for, for Dylan to get that job because one, he's fragile as fuck. And two, we don't know if he can throw the ball. I mean, we we think he can. I've seen him throw a few times, but I don't know what the fuck he can do. I don't know if he has touch. I don't know how strong his arm is. But I know Joe Milton has a fucking cannon, and I know he can move. So, if I had to guess, I would I would really, right now, I would give Joe Milton the nod probably over Christian McCaff I'm not Christian. Dylan McCaffrey over next to the – I mean, that's going to be one hell of a fucking battle to watch. You know, and then you've got Hassan Haskin and – Charbonnet mixed in with, who knows, Ben Van Sumeren if he can pull himself away from the concession stand long enough to actually try and play football. Um, you know what I mean? Like, there's so much. I mean, it's going to be exciting. Uh, next year, I think that's why this year was so important. You know, this why this year was the year we we're supposed to make some fucking noise because we were, we had so many seniors at such key positions. And to get such so little out of them right now, it's just been ridiculous. Uh, yeah, I don't know, man. I, I, I I'm personally, I'm going to be excited. I'm going to be excited to see what this team can do because all the names that we have coming up, like the Eric Alls, are going to get in there. Uh, you're going to have more of the Sang, uh, Mike Sanders, still the. You know, Giles Jackson, Cornelius Johnson. You're going to have a lot of freaking talent on that offensive side. And you get a quarterback that can fucking throw the ball to them. Dear Lord, we can be super explosive. And then you have those the two-headed monster running back there. We have – it's super exciting about what next year could be, right? And then if Amory Thomas stays and then – um You've got Vincent Gray with that with that backup. I mean, come on, man. You could have Brad Hawkins if he stays because he's a junior. If Brad Hawkins stays, then you've got Hawkins and Daxton Hill with uh, Aiden Hutchinson. Dear Lord, man, and Chris Hinton and Mozzie Smith with uh, McGrone. And if Josh Ross stays, I mean, this could be a very exciting year. Next season could be amazing. I just like I probably said this about this year, last year, but I don't know, man. I'm more excited. I I I want to see these battles happen. I want to see the progression happen. So, um. So then let's get now to the the second or the number ten question. Number ten here. Um. Should Shea play through the remaining schedule, or should we see, or should we use uh Caffrey, Deca- <laughs> McCaffrey? And uh, or Milton. Well, I'll be honest. Now, I don't think we're going to see McCaffrey or Milton the rest of the season. I just don't. Um, and if Shea plays like he did in that second half, I don't think we'll need it. I think if we just continue to play to Shea's strengths, which is roll him out, have him have all the plays, all the pass routes go towards him, and you give him two to three. Maybe even four different pass routes in that area. Maybe a play action, whatever. You roll him out and let him throw on the run, and then we start using uh play action off of that, or even you know the RPO off of that. Then we could probably be successful. I mean, he's never going to uh, be able to throw the ball downfield. We saw that. I mean, that offensive penalty by by Nico Collins, which is super questionable, to be to be honest. Um, if that was Joe Milton, Nico just runs right underneath it. Hell, if we had Sean Clifton as our quarterback, uh, Nico Collins would probably be having the breakout season that he had been dreaming of in the in the spring this year. We just uh, Shea just doesn't have the arm. He just doesn't. He's a he looks like he's becoming the leader we wanted to be, or that we thought he could be. And it looks like we are starting to see what these Shea things are all about. But he, just, he doesn't have the arm, and you see it. Like Every time he has to throw the ball downfield, our wide receivers always ha- are either falling down, coming back to the ball, or have to come back to the ball, or have to fight defensive backs to get back to the ball. It's always getting back to the ball when it needs to be. Just throw that fucking ball as far as you can and let our guys run underneath it. And that's what Joe Milton can bring, and maybe even Dylan McCaffrey. I don't know. God, I would love Dylan McCaffrey just to gain a few more pounds and become more, more versatile and a little bit more, uh, you know, sturdy. Because <laughs> yeah, he comes from my hometown, I loved watching his dad play for uh, for the Broncos when I when he was there. It is just a good family, a good family roots. I. Loved watching Christian play. I really have a soft spot for Dylan McCaffrey, and I wish him the best of luck. And I want him to do well. I but there's too many questions right now. I know one thing: he doesn't seem to panic when you put him in a when you whenever you see him come in the Wisconsin game and the Notre Dame game last year. He doesn't panic. He's very cool calm and collected and the offense started to move cuz if you if you remember that Notre Dame game we started making progress and we started to come back when Shea cramped up and and Dylan came into the game. And with Wisconsin we started moving the ball once Dylan got into the game. He has a calming effect. I think he's a true leader, but I just, I can't talk, I can't speak to his arm. So if we lose another game or two, like, say we lose to Notre Dame, uh, I wouldn't be surprised if you see Shea get pulled because I think it would it would help us. It would behoove us to see what Milton and McCaffrey can do in real game time, uh, game time, you know, playing conditions. Because let's face it, we're not going to do anything with three losses. I mean, technically, we could still get into the Big Ten title game if we beat Ohio State, Michigan State, and Penn State loses. Sure. And so I guess I guess I answered my own stupid question. If that's still the case, say we lose to Notre Dame, no, we're never gonna see Dylan McCaffrey or Joe Milton this season. Just not. Because of that reason, we still have a chance, even though it's the smallest chance in the world, we still have a chance to get to the Big Ten title game, right? Um So I mean that's I guess that's the last question and the first question all rolled into one, right? Is that's our focus. Is what are we gonna do? And then but we lose one. I mean, I don't even know. I mean, that Harbaugh question about him leaving, that comes even more of a uh, reality, I guess, if if we don't make it to the Big Ten this year, right? It could totally. Big Ten title game or nothing. So, uh, guys, that is it. Uh, I hope you enjoyed this bonus episode. Guys, go ahead and hit me up, man. Write me questions. Send it to me on the Instagram. DN me. I... Uh, I'll answer them. I actually kind of enjoyed this. I always think it's kind of hokey when the shows do it, but I actually like it because you guys sent some really fucking good questions that made me think. So it's been fantastic. Thank you guys so much. Voicemails. So if you want to just go to the, the show notes page of whatever platform you listen to this on, and hit the little voicemail link boom take you right to it leave me a voicemail i don't care what it is i'll answer it i love doing this this was actually a lot of fun or just write it to me if you don't want to hear your own voice on the on the uh show then write me one i'll answer it i love it it's fantastic it's the greatest um so yeah i've been really enjoyed this this has been fantastic um also guys laughable i this is not even a paid thing but i I'm just super excited that the Michigan maniac podcast has been added to the laughable app. It's a fantastic app. If you love comedy, you've got to download the laughable app. It's free. Uh, you can whoever it is, whoever your favorite comic is, type in their name, boom, it'll pull up every little bit or every little podcast they've ever been on and you have it all at your at your fingertips. It makes my day at work go by so much faster. Um so guys check out Laughable hell, even support the Michigan Maniac podcast on Laughable. That'd be fucking awesome. I would love to see my my sports comedy show, whatever this thing is, actually become a featured thing on the laughable front page. That'd be fantastic. So guys like I like I say always, it is great. And it truly is great to be a Michigan Wolverine. I know we're in some sketchy times right now, but I can see the light. And I truly believe this team is ready. So it is great to be a Michigan Wolverine. And, guys, forever and always, Go Blue.